This is the RC Roundtable, a casual discussion about all aspects of flying model airplanes. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, apologize for the change in audio quality, but we are on location in Fort Worth, Texas at the 2017 SAE Aerodesign West. Road trip! Yes. <laughs> in case you're not familiar with the SAE Aerodesign, it's basically college kids get together and design and build model airplanes designed to lift as much weight as possible. For the most part, there's some nuances to some of the different classes, but essentially it's a weightlifting competition for model airplanes. And it's something I've been involved with for for a number of years now, maybe 10 years at least, as far as helping out. And I've also participated when I was a college student. And so Lee and Terry had an opportunity to, to join me this year. And we met up halfway point in Fort Worth. And this is their first time coming to this event. And I've been to it for a bunch of number of years. And so it's kind of old hat for me. But this is a really interesting opportunity to see fresh eyes on this event and really get the impression of someone who's never really even heard of it, I think. Both of you guys never weren't familiar with it. Well, only from what I've heard from you. Yeah. And seeing yeah. some of your pictures in the past. And uh, I, I had to ask, what did you think? What was your, your impressions of this event? Well, I think coming into it yesterday, and yesterday's events were no flying. It was all uh, tech inspection and presentations, like engineering presentations by the students. I had expectations of what would happen today because of my you now I would look at these airplanes too and decide oh, that's not going to fly or that or this one's definitely going to fly and <laughs> yes. what were they thinking <laughs> right. yeah and we joked about that a lot yesterday. a lot yeah. <laughs> i wish we could pull some of these guys to the side and, yeah but, <laughs> but I, with that said what I saw today did not at all support my feelings yesterday. Well, I know because one of the planes I pointed at said that's not going to take off did take off. Right. <laughs> it's one, like, why do they do that? Yeah, and I made fun of this one relentlessly yesterday because honestly, the workmanship on it is is bad and it looks bad. And I made fun of the tiny motor that it had on it, mm. but it made every flight today and had no issues whatsoever. Which one was that? The, uh, I'm not going to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll narrow it down eventually, oh, come folks. On. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a photo of it on Facebook soon. <laughs> the, the starving horse. That one. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's got all the ribs showing. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. that was, it looked like they did the monocoat with a blowtorch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I should point out that these a lot of these teams are – they're, they're engineering students, but a lot of them never touched a model airplane. Right. Or in some cases, probably never even seen a model airplane. Because we're talking about students that come from different countries. So it's not just the United States, but we had India, Poland, Poland Greece, uh, Greece, Egypt. Greece, Egypt. Egypt, Egypt, Egypt yeah. was, was unusual. Egypt I think it was the first time they've been here. Uh, a bunch of places from South America. Um, well, those Polish kids had seen airplanes before. Well, yes, oh, the, yeah. they, they <laughs> yeah. were very highly refined. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll get we'll get to Poland later. Yeah, yeah. in the past years we've had Australia, China, Venezuela, really all over the world, and it's really fascinating to Did see. Did the Australian plane spin in the other direction? Yes, <laughs> 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 direction. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> their props go <laughs> just just to get a brief idea of what happens is the students design there's three classes there's the micro class which is really small aircraft uh and there's a little nuance oh. they have to fit in little tubes and things yeah, yeah. yeah and what my favorite was the the really small one that they called what they chicken of the skies isn't yeah. that what they called it <laughs> and it was it was it was a can i hope i have a photo of this because i took several photos of this particular model from the start of the I'm going to I'm tacking on to fits because I really enjoyed this one but in the micro models they had to come in a container well this I got to find out who it was I feel bad I don't remember but they they showed up at this table because during the first round of micros you have to uh, t put have your aircraft in this container with a handle and an arm strap mm -hmm. so they have to be standing next to the table with it strapped to their arm and when they say go they start a timer and they have to take it down on the table take it out of the can assemble it and then say they're done and it was it was amazing because i think i caught the like the, the right 
school to be with because it took them 28 seconds to pull the top of this can and assemble it. And I was floored. Yeah, I mean, there were two team members, and they just, they worked like magic. And it was it was this neat little, what do we call it again? Regalo. A regalo, thank you. Like a hang glider with a motor. Yeah, so. it was it was a neat. And so I photographed the entire assembly. I followed them to the flight line. They flew it. I think that first flight was a little, no, I think the first flight was okay. It was the second flight. We had some wind issues. There were two regalo teams, both from Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. One of them has done consistently well, and the others had challenges. Yeah. But it, it, it was just so neat to see that. But the can was three inches tall and six inches wide. Now, people draw that out or something and imagine your aircraft fitting in that can. And the, the, like a coffee can, basically. It, it was, well, it was half a coffee can. Think of a, you know, the old Folgers coffee can. Cut it in half. That's what it fit in. And it was a masterpiece of work. And it was just so clever. And I think that was, for me, you know, talking about everything I saw, I mean, <laughs> besides the, the inspection day and then coming to actually see them fly, I was really impressed. They, they were eager. They were excited. When it flew and landed, they were just jumping for joy. That was neat. And to me, the, the neatest thing about the micro class is that the rules are broad enough that it encourages a wide variety of entries. It's not like they were after such a specific goal that every airplane ended up looking the same. Oh, no. I mean, the the ones you're talking about were very different, and then there was just this whole spectrum of other airplanes that fit in tubes. You said that one was three and a half inches tall. There were others that were three or four feet long. Yeah, exactly. Same diameter. Yeah, six six inches. Had to be sixes, yeah. Yeah, I think they get a a bonus, the smaller. I think they had the maximum size, I think maximum length. And if you get below that length, you start getting bonus points for that. With the micro, there not only are there rules and regulations, but there are also bonus points for certain aspects of it. So, like, there are bonus points for how small you can make your can, and there's also bonus points... <laughs> Be quiet, you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, I told you we were going to lose her. It was a real simple statement there, buddy. <laughs> you you also get points for how fast you can assemble it. And some schools you know, opted out of those type of points to take advantage of other ones. And, you know, or for, you know, maybe hopefully something that was more stable. Because obviously with that wind, the regalos were struggling downwind. And, you know, several of them, you know, went right in. Um, so the schools that didn't choose to assemble them quickly obviously didn't get those points, but probably got more successful flight points. Yeah, you make a good point. The students have to make tactical and strategic decisions on their aircraft designs and uh, aspects of the rules that they want to follow. Uh, not that they can't break any rules, but certain aspects of the design, they can concentrate in certain areas and see if they can gain more points in, in their strengths and downplay their weaknesses. Well, mention mention some of those points for like the regular class, like things they can and, you know. Well, the regular class is probably the most stringent for them because they, they have each rules, each year the rules change a little bit, but they'll generally have a maximum size of the aircraft can be, either wingspan or wing area or platform area. And this year they have, they have to carry a payload Normally, they, they carry a, a weight, and they have to calculate about how much weight they can carry maximum. And they present that to the judges before they even fly. They have a presentation where they talk about their design, why they make design choices, and how much weight they calculate they can lift. And the closer they can get to that weight, the more points they can get, typically. And, of course, the, the more you can lift, the more points you can get as well. Uh, and so they're, they're really limited in that this year, not only do they have to carry weight, but they have to carry... Uh, tennis balls and like passengers or tennis balls are passengers and each tennis ball has an associated weight to it I think half a pound to three quarters of a pound maximum and so they all they have to calculate how many passengers and, and luggage which is the weight that it can carry and so they'll have to sort of they have their calculated maximum but sometimes they don't start with the maximum they start with a lower weight to see just to see if the plane flies and then they can decide do they go for the maximum weight right off the bat or do they work their way up because if they go for the maximum weight and they don't take off, they get penalized for that flight. And it may even break the plane. Or you can slowly increase your weight as you go through multiple rounds and build up your points. But you risk another team going all out with all their weight and flying and having a complete flight. So you sort of had to strategize how are you going to... Strategic. <laughs> how are you going to, you know, how much confidence you have in your design and your power and, and based on maybe you fly your first flight and see how it flies and you say, okay, well, we're going to go for the gold and we're going to load the sucker up and we're not going to incrementally increase the weight. 
and and see how that works. And yeah, some and, teams do that. And so if what I and I, I don't have the rule book in front of me, and that's you know I'm just going by what I saw. But there was no rule to say how I think you had to like maybe you had to just have one tennis ball. Maybe maybe that was one of the rules. Mm. But you didn't have to have like a certain number. Like you had to start with ten. No, I think. No. And some planes were built for just a few tennis balls, and some were built for a lot. I think mm. one. One school I asked that had 36 tennis yeah, balls yes, yeah. in the plane, and I was <laughs> crazy. by that. And it, yeah. it would look like, oh, what do they call the uh, the little uh, four cross, four cross? Oh, cross, connect four Connect or four, yeah. 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 It, it, it was taller like, than it was wide. Well, because <laughs> it was like four by eight rows. It was like a flying <laughs> sunfish just, or something. You just drop <laughs> tennis balls in there. Because one of the rules uh, that applied to the tennis balls is that the judges had to be able to see and count them easily. Um and clearly with transparent monocoat, it was pretty easy. And some of the pictures we have of, you know, basically tennis ball passengers was great. Um, but, you know, there again, some people had them like two by two, side to side down the, mm. down the fuselage. Others like you had the connect four route. And so I don't think anywhere in wings. Did you see any other than wings? I heard that there were some, but I didn't. Uh, there was one team that had kind of sort of in the wing. It was the top. With, there was a basically a shoulder wing concept. And the tennis balls were basically in the wing. Okay. Kind of on top of the fuselage. Well, you know what, Terry? Why don't you talk about what we saw with that it, when we were doing when we came in the first day and they were doing the judging and they had that tool. Oh, right. That not that all was interesting. Ball, yeah, not all tennis balls are created equal. That one of the teams was in their tech inspection and the teams had to bring their own tennis balls and they failed one part of the inspection because the the tennis balls were too small. They were below regulation, ah, and the judges that. had this gauge to specifically to check the diameter of the tennis balls. <laughs> was like, they so came in with a bag of tennis balls like they just bought yeah. <laughs> at some store yeah. and, and run over to uh, the sporting goods store or something. Yeah. And I took lo- I took lots of pictures of people with their tennis ball you know pen cans yeah. next to their their planes because mm. people were just. All these tennis balls were everywhere. So I'm sure a lot of people were going, why are there so many tennis <laughs> yes. balls? But that was a neat little twist. And Tom had told us that at dinner, you know, when we saw him uh, a couple of months ago, uh, well, I guess it was a couple of months ago, for the Graven Estate, when we had dinner <laughs> and we was talking to us about it and how they added this tennis ball thing. And so, yeah, it's new for this year. Yeah, so it was neat to say, you know, we wanted the concept of that. You get uh, a value. Uh, you know, you earn uh, a fare basically right. for every tennis ball you get in there. So they yeah. also had a, a dollar amount. They kind of oh yeah <laughs> yeah you 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 can figure out some kind of fee you you are earning oh, right because remember the presentation they talk about how much money they would make per revenue flight. yeah revenue oh, okay. yeah so, so the revenue associated with each tennis ball yeah, which yeah, is a, their passenger a passenger yeah and so, their luggage uh, for the first you know ten minutes of the the speech it was all dynamics and stuff like oh by the way the tennis balls here's how much we play yeah. <laughs> It, it's trying to, the whole point is to take uh, their engineering uh, designs and have a practical application of it, basically. There are a lot of them are aerospace engineers and mechanical engineers. Well. <laughs> Except right. the part where you eject your passengers and your weight <laughs> in the advanced class. Yeah, so we'll oh, get yes. to that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny you mention that because coming into this, I saw this as a purely technical endeavor. <clears throat> and I'm sure that's how a lot of these kids. I, saw it. I agree. I did. That's how I thought it. But my experience today, the failures that I saw, very few were because they designed something poorly. It was bad communication, bad timing, um, a one part piece that was off the shelf parts. It yeah. was wheels that were failing and like motors that were overburdened or overpropped. Um, it wasn't because they didn't draw it right in AutoCAD. It was just some basic failure that. To me, that's the bigger lesson that these guys oh, are yeah. going to walk away from. Yes, yes. And it's weird to do this. I mean, I'm my head is racing because I'm when we're talking about what we saw. There's you know you're not seeing that if you're listening to the show, but we'll have tons of pictures to show you, and we'd love to like go back and maybe add some description for some of these. But there was like this one plane, uh, the big yellow one. I, I, what I remember I said it was like eggshell white. <laughs> okay, and it it, it was uh, it was the regular class. But the first two flights, it couldn't get off because of that nose gear. It would just keep skipping off the runway. And I was like, wow, that poor plane. It's like, you know, it, it looked silly. But come that third flight after they fixed that nose gear, that thing was beautiful. It was so stable. And it was it was a great flying plane. I mean, I really liked it. I, I hope they you know rank up there because I was really impressed. Plus, they drew when is it? Did they draw windows yeah, on it? Right. It looked like <laughs> yeah. the, the tennis balls. Were it looked like an airline. So I mean, it, it, the tennis balls had windows. It was one of the funniest <laughs> ones. And as you commented, Terry had the big CG sticker on the yeah. side. You know, because that was one of the requirements. I mean, I, I I hope we can show or list some of the rules for uh, for the audience members too that are unique.
unique, but but one of them is the CG mark has to be listed on the on the. And they aircraft. had to prove it in tech. They had to say, "Show me that it actually." There you go, that and that's it. Yeah. I mean, boy, that tech thing that was amazing. With and without their ballast or yeah. their payload. Yeah. So. yeah, there's a lot of the math and science that backs all this stuff up. Yeah, you know, taking it willy nilly. And these teams start working on these a year ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. something they whipped up last weekend. It's very involved there. Why don't well, you touch on the advanced, and then we'll go back to like the. I, I love. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we could talk about the the actual testing or what do you call it the check in, tech, um, the tech, whatever you call it. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it's been late. <laughs> a wake up call. Inspection. But, inspection. Tech inspection. Yes. Well, yeah, you, you're right. There's a third class, and that's the open class or advanced class, basically. And this one is sort of, in a way, anything goes as far as the airplane design within some reasonable limits. Uh, some years, it's whatever, just um, lift as much as you want, just you have to use a specific engine. Uh, and the planes started getting really big, and so they started cutting back on that. But for the most part, it's more of a multifaceted uh, competition, in this case, where you have to do a bomb drop. Oh, they don't call it bombs. It's a supply drop. <laughs> and so you're allowed to use engines, I think, up to a certain... I thought everybody had to use a 46. Uh, it may be 46s now. Maybe I haven't so. checked the rules. I can't remember. Well, but it, 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 total, because we had the twin. Yeah, you can have multi-engines. We'll have to look at the I have to look at the rules. They're models. a little more lax on the engine. It's not a specific type of engine. Oh, we forgot to mention, on the, the regular class, they're limited to 1,000 watts of power, electric. Right. So they have these power limiters in the in the standard class, where if you go beyond a thousand watts, it starts cutting back the throttle. It's a little module you place in between the battery and speed controller and and the throttle linkage, throttle. Control. Some of those micros probably needed that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were so fast. <laughs> so to keep it to keep it fair, you're limited to a thousand watts, yeah. and so you have to size your motor and prop to to use a thousand watts most efficiently. And if you go over that, it starts throttling back. And you saw that a couple of times where it would take off and it go, that was the, the power limiter kicking in saying, hey, you're over, you're overpowering and we're going to artificially limit your power. Uh, but you for open. You see a lot of body English in the team. Yeah. Because <laughs> static thrust and dynamic thrust is a little different. Uh, but anyways, for the advanced class, um, I, I can't remember the exact rules, but you're a little, you have more engine options. And you can run single or multi, and we saw some really neat multi-engine designs. A lot of times you can run a geared setup as well. Uh, so, yeah. You can run nitro some, setup. Yeah, geared nitro, yeah. Yeah, that's another thing we should point. The micro and the, open, the regular class are electric only. The advanced class is glow. Yeah, nitro only. Nitro only. Uh, I don't think you, They have talked about using electrics in the open, but I think it's nitro but only. This year. Yeah, this year's nitro only. But what's neat about it is... You have a, a, a pilot and a bombardier, so to speak, and they have video telemetry along with altitude telemetry and some other data that's transmitted to the ground to a ground station. And so you have one person that looks at all the telemetry and has to verbally communicate to the pilot where to go. They'll, they'll tell you left, right, climb, dive, um, and then get ready to drop the bomb. And they have a target on the ground. I forget how big it is, and there's several concentric rings. And... The more you can drop, the more weight you can carry, the more bombs or supply drops. They don't want to call them bombs. <laughs> Although we felt a couple <laughs> so that felt pretty heavy. Um, you can get within the center of the circle, you get more points, and of course there's also more things going on in the background. How much did you calculate you can lift and how accurate were you and that kind of stuff. And those planes tend to be pretty big, although some of the regular ones are pretty big too. Right. Um, but those, that when is the most... pretty big, we're talking 10 foot span. Oh yeah, easily, yeah. And 20 plus pounds. Monster planes. Uh, so the closer you can get to the, to the bullseye, you get more points and that kind of stuff. And these, these are just fun to watch. It's more complicated. It takes a really good team to do this well because you, you're now combining electronics and com a lot of times computer science and, of course, well, the avionic the engineering for aircraft. And it's more disciplines get involved. You got to have really good communications between teams and team members. Speaking of communications, Terry. Oh, in terms of this, yeah, yeah. one of the teams. Going back to the non-technical being what's biting them, um, this team had a great airplane. It flew like with no problems at all, and it was huge and well put together. Um, but you could overhear the communication between the FPV team and the pilot, and I was right there, and the, the girl who was calling out kept saying, right, right, a little right, right. What she meant was, you are a little to the right. What he heard was, 
turn a little more to the right. And so they ended up being way off course. And then I happened to be right next to them after the flight when they're like, oh, what happened there? And they're like, <laughs> and the next time around, they nailed it. They were right on the border of the bullseye. But those were the sorts of things that it just never occurred to them during practice, however many months ago. And Well, that's the thing. A lot of them don't have a lot of practice. Well, true, these things guess, are... Especially those northern teams that... Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're building this thing over the, the Great White North and over the wintertime, you just don't... You can't fly, you know, sub the freezing temperatures. You're probably not inclined to test these things right. too much. But the Michigan team did great. And I'm sure they were yeah. limited with weather. I guess so. it depends. Well, it, they're college students, so they've got to le- leverage work and uh, schoolwork and tests and other things, projects and stuff. To, and it can be tough. I mean, some teams are really well-disciplined. They'll have stuff ready. Some teams, I saw a team when I was in school, they literally didn't start building their plane until the night before the event. <laughs> you can guess how that went. Right. Yeah, it, it, we were like, "What are you guys doing? You're you're, you're not going to get anywhere near." Like, oh no, we can do it. Uh, no, no, yeah. no, they didn't. So it, it sounds like some colleges have this set up as a senior design course. Yes, where they're actually participating as part of their coursework, and others have it as extracurricular only. Yeah, yeah, and and some schools have have a legacy of competing in this, and so they'll have multiple grade levels, junior, seniors, freshmen involved, and some students, like you said, it's a senior design project, so it's basically a completely new team each year. Uh, so, so, um, so what, what do you guys think of some of these designs you saw? What, what's, what kind of impressed you the most and what kind of you thought was the least impressive? It seemed like, I talked about the variety in the micro class. I did not see nearly as much variety in the standard class. That's kind of by design. In yeah. a sense, although you, there is some leeway, but you're you're such confined within the rules of it, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room. Yeah, there are a few outliers, but it seemed like the variations in design had to do with how they decided to handle the volume of the tennis balls, mm. and they had to be constrained, right? You, you couldn't just toss tennis balls in a, a bucket of like fuselage. You had to have yeah, they're in rows. Yeah, they had to together. They had to come out as one assembly. They had to be in rows, rows and, and sometimes columns, but it, uh, just like. The seats on an airline. Yeah. And you know, some went vertically. Yes. One wide, some, you know, all different. It'd be a fucking airliner. And then two of those planes were vertical. The red one, that bright red one, mm-hmm. and that uh, canard. Oh, right. Yeah. They, they yeah. both had a really tall fuselage in three, maybe three rows. Yeah. Three but, or four rows. But for the most part, they were 10 or 12 foot span with this huge <clears throat> undercambered airfoil. And, oh, uh, speaking of airfoil, my gosh. Way big variety of airfoil designs think, and dihedral. There was one school in particular that has made up dihedral for oh. all the other non-dihedral <laughs> participants. Yeah, dihedral for everybody. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, have you seen the letter V? <laughs> the word of the flying, day was V. This was a flying V. Wow! It flew. It Third time. Yeah. There's variety somewhat in that regard, but for the most part, they seem standardized. I don't know. They, they were still fun to watch, and there was still a huge variation in performance that went along with those other factors that weren't design-based. So you, it's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> well, one school showed up Thursday and crashed their aircraft, so they did not have it ready, but they flew the last round today. Okay. And flew, and I, I was watching, they were just, I mean, it was, I saw the plane in pieces before they left, and they had told me they had crashed it, so that was the one I think Tom had maybe mentioned to us, but yeah. it was neat to see that one get put back together, because... Well, yes, I guess some had to rebuild, other teams had backup airplanes, and the Polish team, they put their first model in the lake, vertically, and tore it to pieces, and they had a backup, and they were back in the line two rounds later. Yeah, it's good to have a backup plane. Uh, I've seen kids do miracles. I saw one a few years ago. It was a crash. It was totaled. I mean, they were bringing it in plastic bags. You're like, wow, that's, uh, I feel sorry for that team. They just completely trashed their plane. And the next day, they had repaired it. It was flying again. And this was, as an experienced model, I'm saying, this is total. <laughs> this is, this, there's nothing left. And they spent all night, they, they worked all night and rebuilt the thing and flew it. And I it think a lot, of t- a lot of the micro teams came back. I mean, oh yeah, I was. I, I was really surprised on some of those that came back. You know, yeah. complete tail separations, pieces flying off the the paraglider 
their their first flight they got hung up in their cord, and then their second flight they went downrange and and broke some pieces. But I know they were putting theirs back together when I went by the tent. So during the inspection process yesterday, I saw the biggest bottle of CA I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> what was it? Eight ounces? It was like a soda can of CA. <laughs> Today I understand why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did hear a lot of people talking about we keep ours together with duct tape right. and there appeared to be some of that aluminum tape being used I saw too. a plane with this it was literally taped <laughs> and, together and then there was that huge plane that had paper for the oh, yeah. cover oh the yeah they, used the, they just went and got Xerox paper or something just shaped it and that was the top of their fuselage yeah like right out of Monaco I'm surprised that passed inspection I was like is that going <laughs> to pass inspection <laughs> you know what passing inspection was a very questionable word <laughs> used a lot. <laughs> I don't know that's going to pass inspection. Because supposedly each plane is inspected for mm, structural integrity. And, and normally, I think mainly it's controls. They want to make sure all the yeah, controls are hooked up correctly. I noticed a lot of focus on control horn integrity yeah, yeah. and the connectors, things like that. <laughs> and and well, what those head hinges, those door hinges. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they weren't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, the plane. The plane had three printed hinges. But they weren't the little hinges that fit. In they were between. like a, a bank vault. Yeah, this was like something you put on a door, literally on a small cabinet or something. Yeah, it's it hey, funny. It, but as long as it worked, you know. Well, we we also joked about one of the planes that had a rudder that was <laughs> way big. Uh, yeah. So we were assuming that the previous year they were probably told you need a bigger rudder for your next plane, and they just didn't quite understand <laughs> how much bigger because that, that was what yeah, it a was, foot high. It maybe? was. <laughs> It was overcompensating. Wow. <laughs> I mean, and then you had one plane, a huge. Uh, there was a black and red plane that had a huge fin, but just like the the rudder itself was maybe an inch. Oh, the moving part. Yeah, it was, it like, was very. You thin. called it a trim, right? The rudder. <laughs> just I a rudder it a trim. trim. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Just a rudder. Way. Just a rudder trim. And then we had the opposite with the micro, which had the rudder was too small. Right. And so as soon as they let go of it, it would just swap in. Oh yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of good every pictures time. of that one. Yeah, well, yeah, every time they went. I guess it never broke the airplane. It just never flew either. No, it just flat spun in. <laughs> nothing to break in that case. <laughs> so much good stuff today. Yeah, it is. It's such a variation in design theory and concepts for all the classes, really. It was sort of backwards for me because usually when we go to fly-ins and at the point in the day where I think to check the time, I'm like, oh, man, it's already 6 o'clock. The day's almost over. At some point today, you said the time. You're like, oh, it's 2 o'clock. I'm like, how is it only 2 o'clock? I well, felt like I had seen so much. They the flew whole... back. I mean, there was no stopping. This this event is run like clockwork. Tom Lakeney um, and even his predecessor, <clears throat> they learned. They've done it so many times. They know what to do, how to go organize everything. And they, they're they slave drivers. It's like... yeah. The, Line up your team. These teams line up now. If you're not lined up by this time, don't. I don't. think it's like a two minute window when you uh, get to the, when they when they throw that green flag. Is it depends two? on the category. Depends on the class. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so micros is thirty seconds. No, they get one, <laughs> the micros got one minute. I think the other guys got three, three and then the big guys got five. Well, that yeah. three minute went very quick but on they, some. Yeah, because, they're very strict on that. Well, yeah, because some of you guys, I mean, you weren't there, uh, and, or maybe you haven't seen it, but there were several planes that never got to fly, that oh, never yeah. got to take off because they were still working on it, or you know, they're fidgeting. or I mean, there were four micros in a row that never got tossed. Right. Yeah, yeah, you, you know? see that a lot. That's normal. And Especially were, the first couple of rounds, if you notice, a lot of them didn't make... They, they timed out because they forgot, oh, I got to plug this in. Oh, I need to do this. And, oh, I didn't check the transmitter. You know, they didn't realize that you, this is, you got to be quick. You got to have this stuff ready to go at the field. Don't, you can't um, tweak it and tune it at when you're on the start line. It's too late. You got to get this stuff out of the pits, ready to go. You know, and sometimes it was an athletic event. So if they had a botched takeoff run, but they oh, had yeah, yeah. a minute left or 45 seconds left, if somebody had the the speed, they could run out, grab it, and set it back down on the starting line. Yeah, with the with the regular class, you have to take off within two hundred feet, right? And there's a start line, and if you don't take off within that two hundred feet, but you still roll roll over it, you can reset. Right. And so there's two places to reset: either midway in the runway or at the, the very end of the runway where they normally start. And so. Yeah, if you if you you know you run off into the grass or you you have some steering problems or whatever, you can run back as long as you're within that three minutes. You can run back and restart as many times as you want, as long as you don't take off. Several did, yeah, uh, a few attempts in the same try, and they weren't joking with that start line. They would get them 
the wheel had to be precisely on the yeah. middle of that main thing. gear, right on the line. Yeah, they have flight bosses that says they're looking so, right at the lines. It's like you can move forward a little bit if you want, but you got to stop right there. Yeah, so <laughs> no they'll disqualify you. If they will disqualify you. Yes. Yeah, so. I think all the judges did really well. I mean, yeah, all the way in safety officers and it's everybody a, who's. They all seem to be on the same page. I didn't see very many disconnects. Good communication. You know, people knew where to go. I mean, everybody yeah. knew their job real well. Yeah, they have the, they they have a lot of training. A lot of guys have done this for a bunch of times. A lot of faces I recognize. Like, oh yeah, he's back. He's back. He's back. They know what they're doing. They got little radios. They can talk to each other too. And flags. They have flags for communications mm-hmm. for the turn points. If it's, it's a good turn point, it's a good takeoff. It's a bad takeoff. They have red and green flags that flag everybody down. Yeah, you could kind of hear some griping between the judges about things that were breaking down. But I think those little things were transparent to everybody else. Yeah, so, it's just a little nuances here it, and there. Yeah. Each so, each year something unique inevitably comes up, and so we're like, how do we handle this situation or this? And but but there's usually you know there's Tom that's sort of the the, the mediator. Right. He he sets the rules and he sets the uh, decisions if it gets to that point. I have a question. Has that arming plug been part of the event since you saw it? I mean, for many years. Yeah, since they started doing electric, that's been a requirement for safety reasons. Which makes a lot of sense because a lot of airplanes. You don't want to have to take the wing off to put the battery on or build yeah. a battery hatch. Or and plus, when they're, when they're moving or resetting the plane or something, they want to be able to reset. Right. To yeah. pull that so you don't... There was a time a kid did get nicked by a prop because he picked up the plane and somebody hit the throttle and he got cut on it. Right. And I think he actually started bleeding. Well, as far as the you know, going back to the, the safety officers, you know, that was the big thing. So if you had a plane take off or you know, go down the runway and didn't cross or didn't get off the, the, the takeoff line and it rolled to a stop, the first thing you'd hear every one of them say is, remove the arming plug. Right. And then they had to remove it, bring it back, rearm it, and kind of the downside of that is then you had to hear it, you know, resync. Yeah. So that, that, I mean, it's not a lot of time, but that's seconds, that's seconds. off the clock when you have to stop and rearm it and um, you know, do that over and over again. Yeah, and it's a necessary evil. It's a safety thing because kids have gotten nicked. With the electric stuff, just because they're the drivers running, they're not really thinking the big picture. Like, like I get this plate up in the air, and I want to get this points to score. And sometimes they'll do things; they'll run out into the field when they're not supposed to run out, and right. that kind of stuff. And so it's sort of one guy's, like I said, hurting cats. <laughs> all these students, not all of them speak English all that well, too. You got a lot of foreigners that uh, English is a second or third language, and so uh, it can be a little tricky. And uh, as Tom mentioned too, another issue that comes up is the culture. You've got different cultures, and they, they perceive the rules as different things. Certain cultures perceive the rules as suggestions, sem- suggestions <laughs> semi-flexible, uh, argue enough, and the rules might change kind of deal. And, of course, Tom is he's Stonewall Jackson. He's not going to budge, and he has to be that way. But, you know, it's just a, a cultural thing. And, you know, I'm not going to pick – not to pick on any cultures. It's just, you know – it's just the way it is, and it's. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to change. It's just funny to see that. I saw a lot of camaraderie today. I saw kids having a great time. I did not hear any people complaining. I mean, there were kids who were sad when their plane went down, but nothing that... Anytime there was a great flight, the whole line cheered, not just that team. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And when I went through the tents, because I took a lot of photos of kids repairing, I mean, good communication. No one seemed yeah. to be mad. No one throwing things down or... <laughs> like me, gosh darn it! <laughs> you know, I don't think I don't think I'd be a very good motivation speaker. <laughs> but no, I was really impressed. They were very friendly. A lot of stopped to you know have their photos taken, and uh, I mean they were really excited to be there. And and the weather was incredible. So they oh, yeah. you know that kind of the weather was supposed to be terrible, and it turned out to be actually really nice. And that was a really nice thing. Right up till the end. Right until we the, started the, leaving. The last two flights had to deal with some gusty winds. Yeah, the wind changed direction a couple of times here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but for the most part, it was actually really nice. So, best crash of the day? Well, I I have to look through my footage, but probably the one that went into the trees. Yeah. That thing just disappeared. Fast. I mean, it was gone. <laughs> but, because also, I think, well, because I videotaped it, I have I don't have that video off yet, but I think it's because the crowds built up. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody it saw it going crazy. towards me, so it was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and then <laughs> well, I got the wing flying one way. I mean, and I, and I, there were a lot of great crashes. I mean, I say that te- there were some really cool crashes, but I think that was because I heard the audience just building up because yeah. it was something you didn't just see happen quickly. It, it was, was one of those maybe something drum. It yeah, sure yeah, is getting close to those trees. <laughs> that the one that kind of disappeared and then reappeared. No, briefly? No, no, this was one of the micros. Oh, the, oh no, 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 not the blue and white one. Oh. Not the one that that got shredded by the tree. <laughs> that one went right into the trees. I'm talking about the one, the big 
one that was just oh, kind yeah. of going inside. Yeah, and you knew you were like, man, it looks pretty close to those trees. And everyone's like, oh, is it gonna, is it gonna make it? Oh no! Yeah, I mean, and it went in, it went in sideways. So, um, I mean, to me, I, I like I like that one. I mean, again, because of the audience participation. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, that blue one. <laughs> but that blue one just went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was funny because it just went straight and level in the wrong direction. Like, hmm, why isn't he turning? And it seemed like slow motion. Why is he still not turning? <laughs> and, and see, the audience was, is, is he really going Did, that far straight? Because there was he, no talk. He was like, Ugh. Does he see the tree? Because I see the tree. <laughs> and then he center punched that thing. And you could hear the echo. <laughs> okay, so that was I, that was my one and one and a half there. So what is yours, Fitz? What crash was yours? Mm. I'd say the same one. That was the best one because that one is the one that went through the trees and disappeared, yeah, right. and then and reappeared the, again in pieces <laughs> with, with the wing behind it, with pieces <laughs> like exploding, <laughs> and it made a kind of a crashing yeah, sound yeah. as it went through. That was unfortunately the most impressive okay. one. Had we been able to see the one that went in the lake, oh. that, I'm sure that would have been a huge geyser. Of oh yeah, yeah, because it went straight down. It was straight it, down and, down. and see, I guess I, I because I got a great shot of it going down. I mean, I was like, yeah, but I felt so bad for them because that was a really nice play. It was the Poland team. But they had the backup, so. They did have a backup, but it was like, it just it just did not want to come back in. I mean, he had a great fight. He dropped within target, I think. That was one of the advanced yeah. planes. Yeah, yes, yeah. But, yeah, could choke. <laughs> that was your favorite crash to Poland? No, no, I just think it would have been a contender if we'd have been able to see it. But because the, the oh. drop-off and oh. elevation... Or it was behind trees. So then what is your favorite? I think the blue one. The little one. It, it had the the sound that went with it. <laughs> the sound effects that go with it. It just went, went completely to pieces. Yeah. I know they had to go retrieve the lipo, but that's all did, I think they got. Did they got? I don't know. There was someone out there, and he only had a little bit in his hand, so uh, I think he got his radio gear. And then there was the one that we missed. We had to duck one. Yeah, we ducked two. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little guys, though. I mean, yeah, the micros. Um, but then there was the one you and I were flapping our gums. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was the, the one with the... Uh, the V-tail, the, the inverted the V. Inverted V, yeah. It went up and then right down. I don't know if you so, saw that one. No, we were but, watching one that had just walked off and talking about the team, and then we looked back and went, oh. Because <laughs> we heard, <"Ring." laughs> <laughs> And they had to pull it out. They had to pull the motor out. <laughs> I think we were just entertained by that. It was like, oh, we missed it. <laughs> All the other people would have pictures of us, and then in the background, it was just plane crashing with us looking the other way. Yeah. You were talking about the Poland team. I thought it reminded me of the construction and how that, how that varies a lot, too, because we had the Polish team had this beautiful carbon fiber uh, composite. They, they made mold for this thing. It was uh, gel-coated. It was really nice and constructed. And then you got other planes that were... You know, duct tape and bubble gum. It's some that were three had three D printed parts, some that had metal parts, some were traditional balsa. Imagine the covered. worst plane you've ever seen at the flying field. And then worse. And, and then hit it with a sledgehammer. <laughs> yes. And then fix it. Yeah. <laughs> and then fly it. <laughs> yeah, some of the they the, the quality of construction varied tremendously. Here's my question. So we've talked about our favorite crashes. What's your what's which plane surprised you the most? Tulsa. The, Could you describe it? I don't remember. The, the, it's the one that looks like an electrostreak. I'm giving it up now. It's the starving horse. Oh, had all yeah. the ribs showing. and Oh. The, the monocoat job was horrible, and I thought it was... I thought that represented the quality beneath the monocoat, and it didn't. It flew well every time today. It looked good. Had no problems. There were some that you could see flew, but the pilot that was... They had the club pilots, the aces that helped them out. Some you could see were like fighting it the whole way, and others are like, "Hey, man, that was nice." And they come just greasing them in. This was one of those, and I didn't think it was going to make it past flight one. So that's my uh, dark horse, starving dark horse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pits, do you have one? I'm trying to think. I know I did see some of those micros yesterday. And I'm like, no way, that's gonna fly, <laughs> and they did. Well, and then there was that that black one that you think would fly. Oh, the, the, oh, the carbon fiber, yeah. You carbon just, fiber you, the way you looked, it's like it looks like it'll fly. Uh, no, they like carbon fiber. They know what they're doing. <laughs> no, it just it looked like. Well, I mean, compared to that one that was like a, 
<laughs> you took like a, a little uh, vinyl tube, a square tube, you know, and then just slapped <laughs> oh. rectangle pieces. I mean, it would look like a cruise missile. It flew like a cruise, cruise missile. It was just all full throttle, but it flew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think the, the, the Custer Channel Wing one surprised me. Oh. It surprised okay. me in that it stayed in one piece. It was loosey-goosey. It was very, very flexy. Very flexy, and it's a, a tough design to model. If you're not familiar with the Custer Channel Wing, look it up. It's a very unique design. But structurally, it's very difficult, especially in a model, I think, to have. And I think they actually had reinforcement wires or something. Oh, did they? Uh, I thought, at least in the last flight, I saw it. But it was flexing in that last flight. You can tell they had loaded it down. And I was just waiting for those wings to snap. The way the wings are designed, it's very easy to, to have a stress point. And I was surprised that it flew as well as it did. Uh, even though I think one flight, one engine is a twin, so one engine wasn't quite getting they with the program. They were not yeah. yeah. <laughs> At one point, I thought one quit, but it was still running, and it was... And uh, that would be doubly hard with a channel wing because your engine thrust is also a aspect of your lift. Oh, yes, that's right. So you're going to have asymmetrical lift big time if one quits. Mm. Uh, so Unless that's all hooey. And it's brave. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a brave. That's a really brave design to take on. Although that's the second time I've seen one. I've seen one before a previous year. Uh, and I think it did okay, but I don't think it, it didn't fall apart in the air that I can remember, but I don't think it placed very well, yeah. but, um, that, that's one I can think of. Although there was a silver plane, I think, that looked like it would have, looked like it would fall apart just looking at it. Oh, right. <laughs> it flew. Yeah. It wasn't Monaco, it was some sort of, it looked like a window tent. Yeah. The mirror window tent or something. Yeah. It was like translucent. Limousine tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't tight. didn't look like it was actually stuck to the rib, just kind of the leading edge and the trailing edge. And But, yeah, it flew. You can't argue with success. So what do we got tomorrow? More of the same. One more round? Looks like it'll run one more round of the micro, regular, and then advanced class, and then they'll give out the trophies. They'll usually give out... Uh, first, second, and third place for all the uh, categories. And they'll have special trophies for, I think, best design. Uh, I think the, the event is sponsored in part by Lockheed. I think Lockheed has a special reward for, I forgot what it's for. And I think the, there's a reward named after the creator of the event sometime back in the 80s, I think it was when they started doing this. And I forgot, I think, for best presentation or something like that. Okay. So, so they'll give out awards for presentation, not only just for flying and weightlifting, but for, <laughs> but, for uh, uh, <coughs> but for the presentations. They have to give an oral presentation for their reports as well and a few other odds and ends. Is there any for like team spirit, things like that, just non-technical? Uh, I think there is, actually. As a matter of fact, I think there is one for team spirit, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, are there any scholarships associated with it? Or is it uh, just they do rights? give, I think they give some money for like the first and second place. They'll give money to the teams, and that's for them to reconstitute for you know, future. No, teams I think or the, like that. The, the teams have to work to a budget, right? They, they can't just get a. No, unless they change the rules, I don't think there's a work to a budget. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of times they'll have to raise money for their team and that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I can't imagine how much these teams, especially the ones from overseas, are spending to. That's a good point, yeah, because a lot of these countries, you know, they're not very rich countries, you know, the, the average monthly income is probably pretty low for some of them, uh, but they, you know, I guess they may have sponsors or you know, angel investors, so to speak, right? <laughs> or they just clutch up what they can and, and, and piece together and do the best they can. Uh, so it's a nice event. Each team will have, with the reward, they'll have the picture taken with uh, the event coordinators and, and usually representatives from the SAE, the Society of Automobile Engineers, will have a representative there, a president or whatever, who'll show up and they'll take pictures and that kind of stuff. And, and uh, they usually get really excited about this. I mean, they'll cheer and, and holler if they win something because a lot of times teams won't know who's won until oh, they announce it. And so, they'll, yeah, they'll freak out and that kind of <laughs> stuff and they'll get really... Uh, and then they'll have the pictures taken, group photos, that kind of stuff. And so why does the Society of Automotive Engineers have a contest about airplanes? Because they have an aerospace division. Ah. It's a small sub-segment of this SAE. I know it's not very odd, but they actually have they have their own magazine and, and, and um, uh, just a little subset of the SAE. It's odd, but it's there. All right, cool. Uh, maybe they're kind of the forgotten stepchild part of this, but <laughs> they've been kicking for a long time, and uh, 
And then you, get, you saw there's 75 teams that signed up, and I think 68 made them this year. So it's real popular. They have to turn teams away, so it's a big thing. And, uh, and of course, you saw there's the east and west. So they rotate fields, but there's an east coast and west coast roughly. Texas is in the middle, so it vacillates between east and west. Uh, this year is west. Next year, maybe east. It's kind of weird, but uh, so a lot of schools will participate in it. And what a great field. The my, Thunderbird. Yeah, my first time. Is it Lake Benbrook? Yeah, Benbrook Lake in Fort Worth, Texas, kind of south Fort Worth. Uh, the Thunderbird, the Fort Worth Thunderbirds, they've been around for a long time. This field is uh, very old, although it's moved slightly from its old position. The club members have been here for a long time. Uh, some of them members were columnists in uh, the old RCM magazine. Right. There was one guy when I joined, I used to be fly at that club. And one guy, yeah, this is Chuck Cunningham. I was like, that's Chuck Cunningham? Holy <laughs> that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, and they're heavily involved. A lot of guys fly there, worked at Lockheed Airspace, and uh, we've had some neat people at our club meetings. At one club meeting, we had the guy who test flew the first F-16 prototype, and he gave a speech on what happened because he flew... He wouldn't have supposed to. He kind of accidentally test flew it the first flight. Right. <laughs> Apparently that happens a lot. Yeah, accidentally on purpose kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to a guy, and he says during the test program, they gradually increase the, the taxi speed or the run-up speed. Yeah. And then sometimes you accidentally go over by enough. And then once you're committed, you're committed. Yeah, you're committed. <laughs> yeah. But it is a great field. They've got electricity. They've got, what, 400-foot paved runway. A large, you saw a huge parking lot they had. And, uh, it was a great club, and I always enjoyed flying there. So, And they got the nice lake, and you can, you can yeah. crash your airplane. Then you crash your airplane into it. <laughs> Bring some waiters. <laughs> and it happens. And, they, and then you saw the event. They had a, somebody with a boat to go and retrieve at their, that setup. So that's a well-run organization. Well, it's been a long day. We've had a great time. Glad to... Really interesting hearing your thoughts on seeing this event for the first time. I think the, I'm glad you enjoyed what you saw, despite having the, being out there all day, standing around. Man, my legs are tired. Well, and you know, because you have so many schools from you know other countries and out of state, not a lot of spectators. You know, because really, it's just you know if the parents can come down, they will. Yeah, well, a lot of Aggies. <laughs> it's Texas. And Aggies had a really nice plane too, and we got to see their presentation, which was really nice. Oh, that's good. You know, yeah. so, um, but if you are in the area, if, if the thun, uh, sorry Thunderbirds put on another SAE event, um, I, I highly recommend people come and visit. Well, oh yeah, definitely. East is in Lakeland next month. Yeah, Lakeland, Florida, is uh, is it next month? I thought that's what I heard. It might be a month or two. Check your local listings. Check your local listings. There's a website if you go to SAE Aero Design. There's a section for Aero, SAE.org, I think. I had to look it up. We look up SAE Aero Design, and you'll have the dates for the, the competitions. And in Lakeland, Florida, the next one coming up, if you're in the area, definitely recommend checking it out. It's fascinating. That's well, the best way to put it. You know, when you were talking about our, our schedule, how things are run, it's like we've been to best when no one was at the on the flight line, and we were looking at each other, why in the heck are we not flying? You know, there. if you're going to want to go watch airplanes, this is the event to go see. It's there is always stuff. something happening. There's always yeah. something happening. <laughs> Especially the micros. I mean, <laughs> have your chin up on the rail <laughs> yeah. and watch the micros it's like, like a, all glee. It's like a three-week <laughs> airplane circus, right? <laughs> in that first round of micros, what do we estimate the success rate? was 30 percent maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were throwing I, them into the ground i'm waiting until they added the, the fire ring <laughs> to the micro event <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was non-stop it was good it was neat to see these kids i mean if if you're into engineering to, to see yes. how these kids minds work to put stuff together and and again there were so many micros that got fixed to fly i mean some that should not have been fixed. <laughs> they should have stayed down. Let it burn. Some were a uh, bad design from the beginning. But or... the, it was, and so if you can get to you know look up a listing for the next event, uh, you know try to get there. It's it's worth a visit. Yes. Are we going to have a crashy, smashy SAE special? Boy, do we have a crashy special. <laughs> we have a lot. In fact, I'm going to say this right now because I'm going to I'm sure I'm going to post it. But uh, we brought a little run cam. 
And uh, I just set it on the ground. It's funny because none of the judges had seen someone with a camera like that. He goes, oh, that's a great idea. Well, I had, I had put it in the perfect spot for this one micro that filled the frame from toss to crash. And it's like, it couldn't be any better than that. So, yes, there is definitely some crash, uh, smashy, crashy material. Yeah. Worthy no, material. We should mention there was a couple of good saves, too. Oh, Yeah. There was a great save I have on video, too. I mean, it was, again, it's kind of like that crash where everybody's responding. Yeah, I, mean, like, whoa, every, I think whoa. everybody was probably on their feet. I wasn't turning around, but it was like, oh, yeah, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's leaning this way. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know what? That's almost what you need is to have pictures of the audience during that that flight. I'm sure, the, I'm sure watching the pilot was one thing, too, because he was probably... <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of diamonds made in underpants that uh, flight. <laughs> the pilot just covered his eyes. Uh, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Where's the autopilot switch? Uh, yeah. But he saved it. Uh, yes. And, you know, and you know what? That's another thing we didn't really recognize is we talked about the staff and stuff, but kudos to the volunteer pilots who stepped up to attempt to fly these uh, contraptions. Wacky. Uh, Some marginally stable and definitely all were marginally powered by the rules. Yeah. yeah. And they. I think the first round, a lot more shaky ones happened, but by the second round, they remembered the nuances of that plane from before, and a lot of smooth landings, a lot of great flights. Yeah. Uh, and you know what I'm going to say this now to, to, this, to whoever it was, the pilot, who was taking off, and I knew something was wrong with that plane when it was going down the runway, and that wing kept dipping left and right, and I said, that looks like the elevator's reversed, oh. and sure as heck, man, he goes, is that elevator, he goes, that elevator's reversed, I mean, and I don't think it was before the flight, so, and Tom had mentioned, he goes, sometimes kids go back there, and they make changes and don't realize what they did, yep. you know, and you really got to inspect <laughs> those planes really a second, third really time, well. yes. every time, but, but they had enough time, they, they went back, they swapped it, and they yeah. took off, it took off, it, it, it oh, took, off. Yeah, it took off, and that we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but again, that just how would you like to be handed something like that and say, here you go, <laughs> good yeah. luck. Yeah, I should mention that you're, you're talking a plane that may be carrying 20, 30 pounds of weight that should only be carrying about 5 pounds of weight. Right. So, I mean, there's, these are things that are really heavily loaded. So, think about for a second the power loading. So, they're limited to 1,000 watts. Yes. And they're carrying... I mean, these are probably 30 pounds or yeah, more. Yeah, the yeah. Flying. I think some of the winters cover, uh, can carry 30, upwards of 40 pounds sometimes. Well, when's the last time you flew an airplane with 30 watts per pound? Or, yeah. <laughs> Never. Or, what? There's going to be less than that. There's going to be 20 watts per pound. I mean, these things are just on oh, a ragged yeah. edge of staying in the air. And some of them, you know, they, they'll do a ground roll, they'll take off, and as soon as they get up in the air, it just, it just stops. And then they're, <laughs> <laughs> once they get out of the ground effect, it's, it's their game over. We've been talking for an hour. Do really? we know we had that much fun? No. We, we woke us up, man. We, we keep trying to stop it, but one more thing comes up. And, <laughs> and another thing. Yeah. And, and well, maybe we'll have a, a little uh, addendum tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe. There's so many facets to this to competition that you think of, like, you know, this was pretty amazing that this, this worked. Or I hope our excitement it. comes through because I was looking forward to seeing it, but I didn't realize it was as good as it is. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I'd only heard about it from Tom and probably at best sitting with you guys. And I was like, oh, okay, I think I'll go do that. And I'm glad I committed to it. I mean, I'm glad I kept putting this on my calendar. It says, I think I could have this SAE event. So what, what baseball game for my son? <laughs> I've got this on the calendar. <laughs> this is important. And it, it was really exciting. And I mean, gosh, those those kids, uh, they could use a lot of cheering, too. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see a, a bigger crowd next time. Not that it was, there wasn't a big crowd. There was a lot of people there cheering. But, you know, that was really, really fun. I think people who yeah. go to air shows to go fly, like at Best or Def or Neat or something, this is this is neat. And if you've never heard of it, you, you need to go watch it. I mean, it, is, it was an eye-opener. For sure. Well, on that note, I think we'll uh, end it for tonight. And we'll get some rest, get up bright and early tomorrow morning for... Another half a day of this. And uh, I'll leave on a final note that next time you see a model airplane made out of duct tape and limo tint, just remember, <laughs> that's the future engineer. And you may be flying in a plane made by them. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> Until next time. See ya. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions and listen to our other great podcasts. Those who live in Las Vegas 
can listen to us over the radio at the all-new Magic 97.9 FM, KIOF LP Las Vegas.